wanted to remind you of a couple different things. The first thing is to download our app. If you download the 1122 app, you're going to have everything you need to experience Saturated Well online. Also, if you're feeling called to vocational ministry, church planting, short-term missions, or long-term missions, we want you to text us. Text SEND ME to 441122. Again, that's SEND ME to 441122. And we're going to follow up with you so in that way you can live sent. Tomorrow night is going to be awesome. We're going to be hearing from Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin, and it's going to be a powerful night. So get ready for night four of Saturated coming at you tomorrow.
Hello and welcome to night three of Saturated. Can you believe that Saturated is almost halfway over? If you've joined us for the past couple nights, welcome back. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. Saturated is an event that we do every single year where we anticipate the manifest presence of God to experience revival both personally and as a church body. We're gonna be hearing from Pastor Doug Logan tonight and it's gonna be a powerful word. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you of a couple things. The first thing is this. We wanna hear from you. We wanna hear where you're from in the chat. We also wanna hear your prayer requests. If at any point you have a prayer request, all you have to do is click request prayer and you'll be connected with someone immediately and they'll pray for you right then and there. Isn't that awesome? Also, we want you to download our app in order for you to experience saturated online the best that you can Every resource that you're going to need is going to be found on our app, so be sure to download that as soon as you can. The third thing is if you're feeling called to vocational ministry, church planting, short-term missions, or long-term missions, we want you to text us. Text SEND ME to 441122, and we'll follow up with you as soon as we can to make sure that you are living sent. Now let's kick off night three of Saturated. January 1st, 2020, we landed in Costa Rica with 24 bags, our two kids, and my parents. And for 90 days, we were on the field as missionaries. Uh, I'm Ben, this is my wife Dakota. Uh, we are full-time missionaries with Iglesia Radical in Jaco, Costa Rica. Um, however, right now we are not in Costa Rica situation. Well, our week is um, Monday through Friday. We have Spanish school online. Ben is recording and leading worship and devotionals for the church in Costa Rica. I'm working on children's curriculum. We're both jointly working on support raising. A lot of that is phone calls and sending letters and postcards and those types of things. So I forgot about you working at Hope's Closet. That's new. Yeah, and since being back as well, um, we realized very quickly that our Costa Rican budget would not fit in Jacksonville. Um, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to help out at Hope's Closet um, about 20 hours per week. So Radical Life Ministries planted a church called Elisa Radical, and um, they serve in a city called Jaco, Costa Rica. It's a, the hottest little beach town you ever go to in your life. Jaco is a, is a place with a lot of drugs, a lot of um, prostitution human trafficking, a lot of poverty, but um, the church has made it their mission to serve people like this, and there's other communities they've adopted along the way, and and there's such a, like, juxtaposition of, like, it's a beautiful place with, with, with mountains that are just exclaiming the glory of God, and some of the best waves in the world, and yet there's people in that very place who see that every day and don't know the hope that is that can be found in Jesus. We felt the call, like undeniably, the support came in, the, um, the, the, the prayers and the affirmation, it was all there. And we get there and then we have to come back. And it's like this range of emotions that we feel. It was a little bit depressing, to be honest, in the beginning, um, and questioning, doubt, like, Lord, what are you doing? What are we doing? Do we not hear you right? Like, were we not faithful enough? I mean, the ideal is 
to be where we believe God's called us to be because we want to glorify Him with the gifts and the vision that He's given us. Yeah, but even if He, even if He doesn't give us Costa Rica back, or even if, even if we can't go back to Costa Rica, we're we're still in it 100. Like we are going to praise Him regardless, and we're going to bloom where we're planted. Absolutely. so unique about what Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And he didn't say when, where, or how. He just said, here I am, send me. Here I am, like arms wide open. Send me for your purpose. Do you have breath? You are a missionary, maybe in Jacksonville, in the marketplace you work in, in the thrift store that you work in. Like that, that is who you are. It's not something that you do. And I think we're quick to, to, give a high five and a hand raise and to people who, oh, wow, they're doing the thing in, in Uganda and they're doing the thing in Southeast Asia. That, 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 that's, that's amazing. And I would say no matter where you are, you are a missionary.
my mission isn't to please people or please this crowd that's around me, but I lay aside every weight, every chain, every sin that so easily entangles. I press towards his calling, forgetting the past and looking forward to a new chapter. Because even in the drought, when I realize how insufficient I am, I can rest on your promise. But your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Because you didn't say that it pleases you when we plot out our path or have it figured out. You said it pleases you when we have faith. That it is impossible without it. And the lies of the enemy will try to minimize how I view myself in the body of Christ. But this is no new tactic. His game does not change. So as he boasts his artillery of deception, I hold fast to the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit. His word which says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And while the problems of this world are real and present and agonizing, I know how this story ends. I know we will see a victory. I know one day we will stand in the presence of the Lord and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the pain and the trouble and the present darkness I encounter is a light and momentary affliction because I know all things work together for the good. So that doctor's report, he's turning it for good. The job I lost, he's turning it for good. My prodigal son, my empty pockets, my uncertain tomorrow, he's turning it for good. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good.
Guys, I want you guys to welcome one of our on-the-field full-time missionaries at 1122 Supports, Mr. Ben Harold. Yeah, man. Welcome, man. I would even say welcome home. Welcome home. I met Ben four years ago when I got here. He was an intern here. Great worship leader. People said we look like brothers right away. That was kind of weird. You're old enough to be my dad. So. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. Give a guy a microphone, you know what I mean? Give a guy a microphone. Uh, this is a unique situation. I don't know if you saw uh, the video when you walked in about Ben and Dakota. Man, they've been a part of our family for a long time, super close to the Martins for sure. Uh, ben, uh, you, you've been on the field in Costa Rica. The quarantine brought you back here. Uh, we were talking earlier today and we're through the, the miracle of modern technology, we realized there's a group of people in Costa Rica that are watching us right now. And uh, Ben, I know, has a pastor's heart. And so I wondered if you wouldn't greet your people. Of course, I'd love to. Which camera do I look at? Doesn't matter, man. Buenas tardes. Yeah, it's two hours behind there. Buenas tardes, Iglesia Radical. Espero que se encuentren bien. Los amo mucho, los extraño mucho. Y que Dios los bendiga. What did you say? I thought you took four years of Spanish in school. Yeah, you told I did, me. I did, I did, man. I said, God bless you and welcome to my radical family. Iglesia Radical is the church we serve at. God bless you. We miss you. We love you. And uh, vamos a alabar juntos. Hey, let's let's, let's show our love to those people. Yeah. Praise God for the family of God all over the world. Amen. Amen. And Ben's going to lead us in Waymaker. Let's pray this prayer together, man. I'm so glad you're here. So glad that we serve the same God. Amen. And he's able to do more exceedingly, more abundantly, we can ever think or imagine according to his power. 
power within us. Let's, let's sing this together.
it's your goodness that we live for it's your goodness that we sing for it's your goodness that we sit in Lord Lord I pray that tonight you'll give Pastor Doug the words for every single person in this room God that they not be his words that they be yours alone in your name I pray amen you can be seated Amen and amen. How we doing, 1122? We doing okay? <clears throat> Want to welcome all of you that are watching online and at all of our campuses and those of you here at San Pablo, welcome. You are in for a treat tonight. Um, it is 9-11. And uh, like many of you, I thought back to what I was doing on 9-11 and there's a couple things that I remember that really stand out to me. One is in the aftermath of 9-11, do you remember the first responders and do you remember you know, the firemen and the rescue workers just searching and searching and searching for lost people? And as we sing that song and we sing about the goodness of God is running after us, it just reminds me of how the gospel pursues us and how the gospel pursues lost people, amen? amen. And another thing, if you will remember the days after 9-11, there was a... There was a unity in our country. Remember the election fiasco and the hanging chads and all that stuff? I mean, it was crazy. I know some of you don't remember. Just trust me. It was crazy. But when this thing happened, something happened in our country, and we sort of put politics aside, and we put our differences aside, and we all came together in a very, very different way than we're experiencing right now. And the answer for the unity of our country will never be found in the White House. It'll be found in God's house. And the good news will not come through Fox or CNN. The good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, you get to hear from a dear, dear brother of mine. He is uh, a pastor, a doctor, and a president. That's, I'm the only doctor that ain't preaching at 1122, I mean, that's saturated this year. I want you to realize that. See, what a lot of preachers do is they go out and get preachers that are not as good as them, so their church thinks they're a better preacher. I just need you to know everybody that I have invited to preach here as saturated is exponentially smarter and more gifted communicator than I am. And so tonight we get to hear from President, Dean, Pastor, Dr. Doug Logan. He is the president of Grimke Seminary in Richmond, Virginia. He's also the dean of the, Grim the Grimke School of Urban Ministry. He's an associate director of Acts 29. He's the pastor for church planning at Remnant Church in Richmond, Virginia. 
He has his master's in church planning and a doctorate of divinity at Lancaster Bible College. He's the president and founder of the Own the Block Collective. He's also uh, an author of a book called Own the Block. I want you to take a picture of that right now. Go to Amazon, buy every copy that they will ever print. His wife's name's Angel. He has three adult sons, three grandchildren. He told me that his wife, Angel, loves to listen to me preach, so you know she is a wise, wise woman. Amen? <laughs> and the reason I invited him, one, is he can sling it like you've never heard before. So buckle up, buttercup. It's about to get good, all right? But not only that, there are many of you so far, 140 of you have text, texted, send me to 441122. And a bunch of you that are going to go into ministry are going to need to be trained by people like my man, Doug Logan. So watch this video. It's going to give you a bunch of information about him. And then when he steps on this stage, you get out of your seat and you give a warm, warm 1122 welcome to my friend. Check this out. Pastor Doug Logan has been passionate about his part in the Great Commission for many years. He is the president of Grimke Seminary in Richmond, Virginia, as well as an associate director for Acts 29, a global network of church planting churches. He also serves as the pastor for church planting at Remnant Church. He formerly served as the senior pastor of Epiphany Camden in New Jersey, and during his time, he not only supported 20 different churches in Africa, they planted six different churches in the U.S. To build a missional culture in our church plants, every aspect of our church plant must be shaped by the gospel. And it will be the gospel in the midst of your, your, your struggles, your, your weaknesses, and all the dynamics of your church plant that will get you going, not your good ideas. He was also sent at home in New Jersey and led the church in many community development programs. Please welcome Pastor Doug Logan. Great job. Great job. Can we give the Lord praise because he's worthy? How many know that our Savior is good if you do believe that? In the midst of unrest and division here in Jacksonville, we decided we are going to elevate Jesus above the division, above the hate, above the argument. Because our God is worthy to be praised. He's worthy on a bad day. He's worthy on a good day. You ought to say with me, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is our God. Well, we thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Go ahead and take a seat. Because y'all not going to invite me back if I take too long. Now, y'all got to pray for... Pray for this little, this little boy from New Jersey. This, I just want to touch over there. I'm not allowed. <laughs> well, first, I want to say praise God. Church of 1122, love y'all. Heard, only heard great things. Bishop Joby. Bishop Joby rolls with, in Acts 29 at conferences, with all the steroid, I mean strong dudes. <laughs> um, so him, Pastor Leonce, now even Pastor Ryan Kwan is, is strong. I'll just say it there. And so when you get around them, you can't even get a word in because the muscle boys is talking that strong talk. <laughs> and so, man, I just let him and Tom Weaver. Tom Weaver's a big, big muscle too. So it's always the weightlifting crew. See, I, after conferences at the beach, I go to the beach. They go to the gym. 
I ain't going to the gym in Florida. Amen. I ain't eating no salad in Florida. <laughs> so I praise God. I praise God for our first lady, Sister Gretchen. Love you. Love you guys. I am so excited to be here. I want to acknowledge Adam Flint, who was my man, 50 grand, took care of me today. And amen. And, your and one of my new... Give the Lord praise for my man, Adam. Well, Adam's here got grayer since I seen him die. I got the grandkids and you got the gray hair. And for the bishop, praise God. Um, for you, Bishop McLaughlin, man. Love you, man. So glad you're here. And he's going to preach the doors off tomorrow. Um, amen. Amen. I ain't seen my wife in, in about a week. I've been away, so I won't be here, but I'm going to be leaning into the hope because I got to do some ministry at the house. Amen, somebody. <laughs> so I want to jump in, so I, I want to make sure I get invited back. I've been tasked to handle the back part of the text that we're dealing with, Acts 1-8. So the simple title of my message is, Sent to All Nations and Neighborhoods. Sent to All Nations and Neighborhoods. Let me pray, and I'm going to dive in, preach, pray, and roll. Amen. Father in heaven, you alone are worthy to be praised. We need you. We love you. God, we've got so much to do tomorrow. We had so much to do yesterday, and we forgot to do some stuff today. But God, sanctify this time and space right now that we would be zoomed in on you through your word. Um, tomorrow's problems are sufficient for tomorrow. Um, give us time to sanctify this time and this space that um, we might hear from you. Lord, we are crazy Christians, leaders and preachers, and so often we do so much things, so many things that are so-called for you that don't involve you. So help this time to be a time where we are greet, we grip for the intimacy with the Father through the, through our son, through the Son Jesus, um, not distracted by God's stuff, but blown away by God and his love and his grace. Make this, help us, move us, meet us in our brokenness. And I pray, God, we would, that repentance would be the reality at the end of this talk. I pray that new hope, new strength, and new life would be the reality when the word of God is preached. So do that for us, in Christ's name, amen. Acts 1-8, let me read for your hearing, and I wanna walk down a little bit. Sent to all nations and neighborhoods. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ends of the earth. Maybe I'm, I'm old enough to remember Lion King. And in Lion King, Mufasa, in the beginning of the movie, he, he's talking to Simba, and, he, and he's looking out over the horizon, and he says, I wrote it down so I don't mess it up. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Simba says, but what about the shadowy place? Mufasa says, that's beyond our borders. That's Camden, New Jersey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you must never go there, Simba. But I thought a king can do whatever he wants. When you see that picture, and there was a meme made about Camden of that. When you see that picture, I need you to see. 
when I think about the forgotten places, the lost places that are often ignored and untouched. I want you to see that illustration. Don't go to that place. That place has danger. That place has issues. That place is not familiar to us. So we won't go there. We're talking about ends of the earth, right? So here's, my preaching coach told me, you shouldn't preach a sermon if you can't say it in a sentence. Spirit, this, this passage calls us to be spirit-filled witnesses that will testify of the gospel of Jesus to every genealogy and geography in the world. Spirit-filled witnesses that will testify of the gospel of Jesus to every genealogy and ge geography. That's every neighborhood and nation, ends of the earth. So let me walk us down to get us to this passage because Jesus is setting this up through his gospels. Let me walk us out here. So Jesus has sent out 12 to preach the gospel. He has, in some ways, limited their ministry, their mission field to Jewish people. He restricted it only for a season as a strategy. Matthew 10, 5 and 6 says this. Jesus sent out these 12 after giving them instructions. Don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter the Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. See, Jesus himself had engaged the Samaritans, so his instructions was intended as a strategy, not a rejection of the Gentiles. He wanted his disciples for the present period of time to stay focused on the Jewish people. Only after his resurrection did he fully expand the mission to the Gentile world. At that time, he told them, make disciples of all nations. So our passage, 1-8, we call Matthew 28 the Great Commission. I call Acts 1-8 the Great Witness. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. See, I need you to see that it was always an all-nations mission. It was always an all-nations message. And he, Jesus, was always an all-nations Messiah. So I'll just jump back to the Old Testament. The Presbyterian in me makes me walk us all the way from the Old Testament up. So work with me. I'll be... I'll get more Baptist as I go. <laughs> Isaiah 49, 5 and 6 says this. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be a servant and to bring back and to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord and my God is my strength, he says. It is not enough. Key verse. It is not enough for you to be my servant, raising up the tribes of Jacob and restoring the protected ones of Israel. I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the where? Ends of the earth. We heard that in the New Testament. So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, I ain't just called you to go get, if you were Richardson, the Richardsons. If you were Jackson, I ain't just called you to go reach the Jacksons with the gospel. I'm sending you to last names you can't pronounce to the ends of the earth. This would have been crazy for them. 
ends of the earth. This phrase, ends of the earth, is used 27 times in the Old Testament. It would have pointed to the promise of Messiah. It would have been hymnic, and that's why it's often in the Psalms. The nature of it would have been Christological, mean it would have been loaded and pregnant with Christ and his messianic coming. It would have been eschatological in flow, meaning it would have had an end-time flow. It would have meant that this Mashiach, this Messiah, would come, and he was going to bring with him an all-nations message to fix this all-nations fall and bring about an all-nations people who was going to represent an all-nations heaven and who was going to make it to an all-nations heaven and be an all-nations eternal people of the living God. And this is the gospel we preach. We've got to stop reducing it to some bootleg break up a fight. We got to preach a gospel that says all nations. And I don't care if you're mad at me. You better, if I'm a Christian and you're a Christian, I get to go in your refrigerator without asking. And don't you invite me as your black friend. You say that's my brother. I'm more your brother if you're white and you're Christian than you are your natural brother who ain't saved. If we're going to fight, we're going to fight like family. I don't get put out. I'm your family. Shoot. I still want my Christmas present after I do you dirty. Ends of the earth. We know the, fake, the great book by John Piper, Let the Nations Be Glad. That's a crazy Old Testament passage, isn't it? Why the heck would the nations be glad? Man, because the, the Messiah is coming because they've been outside the covenant like this would. And now they're going to be inside the covenant because this, this Mashiach, this anointed one, this Christos, he's coming. And you know what he's bringing with him? He's bringing reconciliation power that tears down sin that has separated God and man. And that is not for no supremacy of no sort. There's no place for no swag of no nation when it comes to Jesus. Your swag is wiped out. You didn't have none to begin with. Um, (laughs) But the only swag that swags is the eternal swag of the living God. And he's in all nations, God. He's an all-nations God. Old Testament breaks it out. Let me do a little bit more, then I'm going to jump to the text. Old Testament, let me jump. Psalm 72, 17 and 18. 17 and 18. May his name endure forever, as long as the sun shines. May his fame increase. May all nations, ethne, be blessed by him and call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who alone does wonders. Blessed be the glorious name forever. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen and amen. This Messiah in the Old Testament has decided he is going after every broken, nasty, filthy joker on earth. And his church got to do the doggone thing. The Old Testament looked forward to this Messiah, the shepherd king. What's happened in the garden, this is a result of this ends of the earth is the reality of the garden. What's happened in the garden, proto-euangelion. Proto-euangelion, don't worry, it's a $5 word. Proto-first, euangelion message, gospel message. So he would crush the head of the serpent. This Messiah that was come, this God-man was going to come after Adam and Eve would have sinned. And now this God-man has come. God says, I'm going to... 
you know, we're going to raise up this God-man from the seed of a woman. He's going to crush the head of the serpent, and he is going to right this wrong. He's going to reverse this curse, and for those who look to him and look on him will have life. We have all been separated because of sin, but the promised Messiah that when Adam and Eve fell, all nations fell. Therefore, this Messiah is going to come. He's dying for all nations. And the, and the issue that happened in the garden would we be reversed. And then we look for this long time heaven that is coming. I need you to feel the eschatological reality of ends of the earth. Ends of the earth is no man left behind, no sinner left behind, no Gentile left behind. We're not just stopping in Jerusalem. We're not just floating a little bit over to, Jeru- to Judea. We're not just going to be mad when we get to Samaria. And but we're going to the cracks and the crevices of the world to take this gospel. And because heaven is going to be loaded with a bunch of people who wasn't sure they made it, it was going to be loaded with a bunch of people dancing and singing, first time white people going to clap on beat, and (laughs) don't tweet that. (laughs) Heaven is going to be loaded with a bunch of folk who wasn't sure, loved a God, was angry about some stuff in this place. But the Jesus Waymaker makes the way. I think I've landed my plane in terms of my argument from the Old Testament. But I want to give you one of the most rough terms that would have really bit on them when we talk about ends of the earth. John the Baptist, as Jesus walks up, he's baptizing Jesus. He says, This is a woke statement, if you would. Behold the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of Israel. He takes away the sins of the Jews. No, doesn't say that. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jews would have been like, you tripping. Them dogs ain't going to heaven. We don't mess with them. We don't mess with the north side. That's what it would have been. That would have been the tone. It would have been high separation. It would have been not. It's for us. All supremacy is bootleg. We see the ends of the earth statement would have been a punch in the face to make sure that Jesus stayed at the forefront as an all nations messiah. We all want to make Jesus our personal Jesus. We all want to fit him into our idea. You just don't get to. But we get to fit into his idea. And now we mess around and we get to be family. I'm landing the plane. Let me get to the text because the clock is chasing me. And then y'all going to start booing me. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I'm going to say this, then I want to roll. See, God in his infinite wisdom and knowledge of his followers, of his followers, and his love for the lost, and his power to convert the least, the last, and the lost. See, God knows we are a selfish people. We care about ourselves. We have no propensity 
to leave the couch or our region, our immediate family and people we know, love and like and are familiar with. We get all we can and we can all we get. We are stingy people. We are selfish. We are love hoarders. We are non-generous people without the Holy Spirit in us. And we would have taken this beautiful salvation from Jesus and built our own empire, barricaded the walls, and reappropriate everything God gives us for our own personal security. We would stay home. We would have been on Holy Ghost lockdown in our minds. I got to stay home. I don't want to sin. I, I want to stay here. I want to stay focused. God's given me this. This is mine. I'm here. No. Mm-mm. It was a world gospel. So he pushes them out. So the, and we would never share it. We would not share it. So the ends of the earth is God, and he's stretching out his people. He's making sure that, because he stretched out the plan when he said ends of the earth, so he's stretching out his people. He's making sure that his plan and his passion and the heart of God is across every demographic. Every demographic. Let the nations be glad. Let the nations be glad. So accomplish this. We see what jumped off here in this passage. Look what it says. So my first idea is Christ's church is launched. Christ's church is launched. So Acts 1-8 is the precursor and the, the front commission to what is about to happen about 10 days after um, to, to Pentecost. We know that the church will be launched as the 120 in the upper room would be filled with the Holy Spirit and Peter would preach the haymaker of a sermon. 3,000 folk received Christ as Savior and was baptized. Acts 20, Acts 2, 40 and 41, it goes from... You need to see, so that group of people that came that first was calling the preachers drunk, they don't went from calling them drunk to asking them, what must I do to be saved? So that large crowd, they went from a crowd of wanderers to a community of worshipers because of the preached word, because of Jesus and his power. The church is launched. Jesus' followers will now follow the spirit of Christ into the world, into the world of wolves and wires and, and killers and thieves and death and danger, but full of joy because God was with them even to the end of the age. So I want to, let me, I'm going to hit pause. I want you to get that there were some folk that didn't believe that Jesus was a Messiah. They considered him a witch doctor. They considered baby mama drama because they said Joseph was his daddy and Joseph wasn't his daddy. So now he's got baby mama drama. He's a witch doctor. He casts out demons, Bobby Elzebub. And next thing you know, he's murdered, put to death, rises up, pops up, comes around, eating kefilter fish. And then next thing you know, he ascends. He ascends, jumps up out, comes back, Peter who has been a chump like us, preaches a haymaker. What a, Peter's like Kobe Bryant. Never saw a shot he didn't want him to take. If you, Jesus would have rebuked me three times, I'd be shut down for life. 
He just kept rebuking Peter. Peter said, I'll take the next one. <laughs> so Peter gets up to preach, and he stands up and preaches a haymaker of a sermon. 3,000 folk get saved. Do you realize the ghost of God, how it works? It takes broken, nasty folk who hate God in one minute. They hear that Jesus is Lord and Savior in the next minute. They hear about the miracles and the man in one second. They hate, call him a liar and baby mama drama in the next second. And in the next minute, they're on their knees worshiping. You need to know you've been filled with the same ghost that God filled Peter with. You need to be the loudest joker on the block talking about Jesus saves because he can turn a crowd into a community with the word of God. Don't you be scared to talk that talk. You better talk that talk. You talking all that talk about the playoffs. You need to talk that talk about Jesus. Talk that talk. You got the ghost of God. From an angry mob to a family. That's what happened. And we scared to talk. Talking about, well, I didn't want to offend him. I'm offended that you won't offend. <laughs> Stephen's offended. So God, the church, Christ church has launched the ends of the earth. Jesus, they will go to the cracks and the crevices to all the forgotten and far off lands, ends of the earth, not just the Jews. Very important. No Jewish supremacy everywhere. The ends of the earth is the gospel grip of God. So the gospel grip of God, when you hear ends of the earth, hear the gospel grip of God would be global. Far-reaching gospel grip of God would be global. It would cover every neighborhood and nation. Now, I added neighborhood because I'm from the hood. And I felt like when I was in Camden, New Jersey, most dangerous city in America, it felt like the ends of the earth. When I think about the inner cities of America, it feels like the ends of the earth because we are a forgotten people sometimes. And even then, when I hear ends of the earth, I know that Detroit won't be forgotten because God booby-trapped it in his word, the ends of the earth. No people group would be ignored. Let me jump deeper into the text. So God, so Christ church is launched, Holy Ghost unflown in, ran up on some folk, ran up through some folk, gave folk power they never thought they'd get, made folk family who didn't like each other, united us eternally. Those same folk that got saved that day are your brothers and sisters. We are eternally connected. I don't want you to just see nations. I want you to see family. When you think salvation, think family. So we're connected to the family of God of all time. And then now God's people are loosed. The gospel mission will be to the world. It would be realized to the extension of the earth. Let me walk a little theology out real quick. So I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6, look what it says. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? See, the question at hand that they asked Jesus in many ways was a question um, relegated to one people group, which was the Jewish people. They were asking, are you going to make us the boss again? 
That would have been a regular question for a nationalistic Jewish person to ask and wonder about, period. Perhaps they were looking for vindication for their people exclusively. After wars and nations seeking to exterminate the Jews, they wanted vindication and maybe they wanted a little vengeance. So they were asking, are we going to be a powerhouse again so when the next nation run up on us, we can pop them in their head? Because right now we're a little weak, but if you're going to restore us, it's over. So Jesus says to their question, he shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That wasn't a Jesus juke. That was actually the answer. <laughs> that was Jesus' last statement on that subject in the whole word. The whole, on earth, that was his last statement. I want that to sit with you. His last statement on earth, you shall be my witnesses, my martyrs, to the end, to Jerusalem, local, Judea, Regional, Samaria, national, ends of the earth, global. Pew, he's gone. He's got a 2,000-year-old bottle of Chardonnay waiting to crack it open with us. He said he won't drink from the vine again till he cracks it open with us in the new kingdom. I got my glass ready. We, we take that communion each week. I just imagine my glass clicking Jesus' glass, and I call for a toast of the king. That time's coming. But the church ain't ready for that yet right here in this passage. They've been loosed to get as many people to the banquet and not miss anybody from the banquet. Watch. So let me say, so he asked a question. The question in Acts 6 has layers and points and problems in some ways is loaded. Restoration. That was a part of, that was a part of the question in verse 6. Removal and replacement of power. Kingdom. The replacements of that power and the establishment of rule. That's what they were asking. Are you going to replace the power that exists and replace us and give us rulership? And of Israel, a specific group only. Ends of the earth wasn't in their question. And 1-6. So Jesus answers 1-6. This somewhat selfish political question with a God-sized God's kingdom answer. In other words, so Jesus in Jesus' fashion answers the question. He answers the question they should have asked. I do that with my kids. I answer the question they should ask. Can I take your car? Why? Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you crazy? That's why I, I, I answer the question. I, I reply like that. Okay. He answers the question they should have asked. Get that. With what I call, he answers with kingdom clarity. He preaches the kingdom of God, their kingdom. The, he says this all the time. The kingdom of heaven is like, and they missed it. He's taught them the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like. So kingdom clarity. Here's his kingdom clarity. I'll say it for you. It was not a political kingdom. It was not a nationalistic kingdom and not necessarily an immediate kingdom. It was coming. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's an ends of the earth commissioning kingdom. Oh, it's a global kingdom. Doug Logan translation so I could drive it down your street. Here's what Jesus would have said if he was from Camden, New Jersey. Nazareth ain't much different. Here's what they would have asked. So when they come together, they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore your kingdom, the kingdom of Israel at this time? Here's Jesus. Let me keep it all the way 100 with you. Ain't none of your business when the end time will be. Stop asking me. 
but let me tell you what your business you need to be about. You are responsible to represent me locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally until I return. Every nation and neighborhood, I'm sending you, and I'm sending you booby-trapped. That will go on for every generation. None of your business. Get to it. So when the pastor send us, that's why I love the 140 responses. I'm looking for a thousand more. Why? Stop asking all them questions. What kind of this we gonna have? Mask or no mask? I know that's what y'all asking. <laughs> Before I text, I need to see if they got hand sanitizer. Don't worry about that. We got you. Social distancing gospel. <laughs> we preach at you from far away. Spit on you because we t- talk so hard. You take my gospel, you represent me in the most remote, forgotten, never heard of cracks and crevices on the planet. God's gospel grip would be global. All neighborhoods and nations, no nation left behind. You be concerned with what you can do and what, don't worry, and what you can't do, I got, I do everything. You do all things through me. You lack the power, you lack the boldness and the ability, and so you need me. So he says, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. He's saying, I got to babysit you on the mission that you can't go to, but don't worry, I'm going to give you success because it's my plan. I need you to feel that. So if you're scared to engage and go and dial in that number, don't you be scared. The Holy Ghost is in you and with you. God's plan is unchangeable. It's a perfect plan. It never fails. No matter what death dying virus comes, it doesn't matter. We, ain't, we are not vaccine-centered people. We are gospel-centered people. I got hope without a vaccine. Name my school after a man named Francis Grimke. Father was a slave, father was a slave owner, mother was a slave. He was a African, like my kids. Went from slavery to college. I went from high school to college and almost flunked out. And Francis Grimke passed it through the Spanish flu of 1918 the Great Depression, multiple wars, Jim Crow, passing through all that. I got his works. I ain't got a complaint in there. If he could text, and he was 80, he'd text in right now. just want you to hear for this man who felt forgotten in Patterson, New Jersey because I was in one of the roughest neighborhoods in the city felt ignored by the church that's the neighborhood aspect that's a forgotten place that's an ends of the earth I'll call it ends of the city we've got to be crazy enough to believe that God can do some stuff, even when you don't get some stuff, even when you lack some stuff, even when you're scared that God can take this broken vessel and use it for his glory. But I need you to see me as a human. I need you to see me hurting. I need you to see me a level of helplessness. I need you to see me broken. I need you to see me in sin, blind and dead. And that's what makes all nations crazy. That's what makes ends of the earth crazy is they would have not probably ever heard of a Jesus or a God. And what we learned is many don't know even now because ends of the earth has been ignored. 
I need you to see me, though. I need you to say, there's got to be somebody. And I need you to believe. But I heard the guy say, well, I can't go. You know, it's rough over there. I'm from the suburbs. You ain't got no suburban Holy Ghost. You go. I don't care how rough it is. He's equipped us with all we need for life and godliness. Ends of the earth. The Father has authority. That's what you need to see. Jesus is getting a caravan of love to ship people to heaven. The Spirit is coming and going to seal them. The earthly ministry was, was incarnation, humiliation, exaltation, and ascension. It's going down. They were to look to God of our fathers. The plan is still the plan. It was a spiritual and eternal rescue orchestrated by God the Father. It was a transcendent plan. Jesus could not leave them. Jesus did not stay alive 300 years to enact the plan, but he left. He could have stayed alive 300 years and got it all done. Set it up, fired a bunch of people, changed the names of stuff, asked about our denomination issues, would have answered all the race questions. Everybody would have been mad. <laughs> We're all wrong. <laughs> he didn't. You know what he did? He sent this comforter, this advocate in you. And that advocate, he is not a passive spirit. But that spirit should make you aggressive and intentional about reaching lost folk. You should be energized by lost folk. You should stop all your friendship evangelism when you hang with people who you know you like and they're already saved. Or with people when they reject you, it's going to be nice. He knew that's what they would do. So he took them beyond Jerusalem people they were familiar with, Judea, people they sort of knew, Samaria, people they didn't like, and ends of the earth, people they never even heard of and had no way to reach. Would you let God stretch you? Do you cry when you think about lost people in the world? Is your heart broken when you think about people burning in hell for eternity? Does your chest burn that we don't have 47 services here at church? Because in Jacksonville, we need like 58 more services, and that might cover like a tenth of the city. 57 more, that's all. Is your heart broken? Or is your little fish on the back of the car enough for you? Is your $150 Christian t-shirt enough for you? Is your voicemail that quotes 77 Bible verses in a row? Don't do that. Enough for you. Let it never be enough. May it never. We're sent, never settled. I don't want you to settle for just being saved. God has made you for more than that. You got to stop sitting down on this good salvation and enjoying the spoils of not going to hell. You are more than that. I want you to think about me. I want you to think about lost people. And I want you strategizing all the time. I don't, I tell people at my church, if I got to tell you to pump the gas, you tripping. The people I disciple, I need to tell them to pump the brakes. 
So you need to be, Pastor Joby and the elders need to be saying, pump the brakes. You're doing too much. I like them kind of Christians. I like them kind of crazy folk. They just got a plan for everything. No money. <laughs> Don't tithe, but they got a plan. <laughs> the church is the plan. It's the multi-generational plan of God, his church. It's the multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-generational plan of God. <laughs> Not some spooky dookie Jedi evangelist. We got them. Capital E evangelist. Don't go to church. But they led 760 people to Christ this morning. And the church is failing because y'all just stay in the four walls. Be quiet. You, you be quiet. And you come to church and sit your tail down somewhere and sing this song with us. But he's used this church, his body. I'm almost out of time. Let me land the plane. So within the context of the church being loosed, Old Testament, I need you to hear this missional reality, Isaiah 6, 8. We've been in that text. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who will I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And then Psalm 67, let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the people and lead the nations of the earth. All these passages are messianic in nature and they look forward to the coming of the Messiah. He answers the apostles' question and he clarifies their confusion in reference to the mission and what kind of kingdom the Messiah is ushering in. Ends of the earth displays and conveys the full heart of God and destroys any supremacy that would ever be raised. Racism, politics, geography would all be shaped by the gospel. They would all be dealt with through the gospel. Those things will never shape the believer. The believer is shaped not by politics or issues or division, but he's shaped by the gospel. The people of God would be the worldwide witness, worldwide witness, ends of the earth to, to reach his redemption of hellish rebels, the scope and the stretch of his saving hand, the extent of his exaltation would be extended, the geography of his eternal saving grip, his um, genealogy, the inclusive intentionality of God, all people, geography, the reach of his redemption, all places. The gospel will be spread to the unknown, unlikely, unearthed, and forgotten places. Every nation and neighborhood. This is God's Imago Day Matters campaign. George Peter says this, God is not localizing his interests and activities. He is a God of the nations. No one escapes his provisions, though Nations may grossly misuse such no, none evades his moral government. He is present a certain sense everywhere, even though he has chosen to limit his unique disclosures to and through a particular people. This is beautiful. And so this is the witness and the work is that we would go to all nations. Last idea, and I can do it quick. God sends his love for the lost through his church. God sends his love for the lost through his church. I'm going to be clear. Pastor Eric Mason, my spiritual father, back in 05, I was plastering a Plymouth Brethren Church in Kensington, Philadelphia, rough hood, Latino hood. I loved it there. 
got shot at and all that. It was still great. Amen. And he called me about two o'clock in the afternoon. I was drinking some, some amazing espresso and I was drinking and I was, didn't want to answer. I told you that because I didn't want to answer because I didn't want to get cold because I know Pastor Mason <laughs> is about to talk that talk. He got a three-point sermon every time he called you. And so he called me in tears. I thought he had had a car accident or something. He said, Doug, we got to plant churches. I'm in D.C. where I'm from. It's mad here. People ain't saved. Crime is crazy. Murder is up. I don't see no church folk out here giving the devil a fit. Where they at, Doug? I said, I don't know, Pastor. He says, where they at? They got the ghosts, don't they? They supposed to love the lost, don't they? When they coming, I don't see them. I said, I don't see them, Pastor. He said, well, this is what we're going to do. I need you to pray for me because I'm angry. And I, here's what I need you to pray. I wanted to say, well, why don't you just pray it? But, um, <laughs> so he told me to pray. He said, I need you to pray that God use Epiphany Church to connect with a bunch of other crazy churches, that we can plant churches in the cracks and crevices of the hood and then from the hood go to the world. Because he said, people from the hood understand what it means to be forgotten so those folk mess around and be the missionaries to the end of the earth. I said, I like that. So I prayed. I said, Father in heaven, raise up out of this church relationships with other churches because we got folk all over the world that's hurting. I said, Lord, grant us the strength and the grace and the money to plant in America's top 20 most dangerous cities that we might have a gospel-centered, gospel-preaching, Holy Ghost fired up, ready to fight the devil, loaded with a bunch of Kimbo Slice evangelists, ready to take a punch and knock a joker out if he needs to. I prayed that prayer hard. And by God's grace, Epiphany Baltimore launched in Baltimore. By God's grace, Epiphany Gloucester City launched in Gloucester City. By God's grace, we planted Epiphany, um, um, Gloucester City, Epiphany Baltimore in Baltimore with Pastor Trev. Epiphany Brooklyn, Epiphany in the Bronx with Pastor Rich Rivera. Epiphany um, with Pastor Raphael McCundela in Williamsport, PA. Epiphany in Miami with Pastor Dave Rosa. And all of those were coming under the top 20 most dangerous cities where the gospel is being proclaimed in the nastiest neighborhoods in the world. Unadulterated. I ain't scared. We love Jesus. We preach a powerful gospel so we can go to the cracks and crevices. And if you send us home in a casket, oh well, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So God called us to mission. I want to say this and I'm done. That prayer, I want you to see it encapsulated in what I'm saying right now. Why wasn't that happening? Why are we stressing ends of the earth? Because God knows we're selfish folk. God knows we're, we're very closed. We don't go outside of our radius often. We stay within our comfort zone, which is often our color zone. So he stretches us out and forces us to have family that don't look like us, ends of the earth. The perversion and the understanding of this, ends of the earth, can get swept away in denominational arguing and corny, ridiculous, non-gospel, non-Bible arguments about people and places in power who don't, 
who act like they got the ghost and don't and then want to control the stuff because they got the money. And since they got the money and the power, now the people that's trying to do what the Bible says got to fight with folk who got the power and the money and then we're pigeon hell because we can't get to the cracks and crevices because it's not financially viable. Let me make it plain. I went to a church. I went to raise money. They offered to give me money. They said, Doug, we went to Camden. <laughs> Man, we're going to give you 20000 a year for the next seven years. I said, cool. Hallelujah. Amen. Where's the check? And I asked, where's the check for the next eight months, Pastor Joby? Pastor Joby, next thing you know, he didn't take my call, so I drove up on him in the suburbs. I pulled up on him, went through the joint, knocked on the door. Secretary said, you can't go in there. I said, where? And I kept walking in. I got in there and I said, what's up, bro? You said you had me. You said we was going to do ministry together, partner. He says, Doug, I don't see that vision of going to places like Camden and Baltimore and the Bronx. He said, hear me. I ain't lying. I don't need to do this for no embellishment. Man, this dude said, them folk is too far gone. It'll be like investing money in a submarine with screen doors. This man looked me in my eye and said that with conviction. He said it would, investing in Camden would be like investing in a submarine with screen doors. This is what he said. You need to go to like more of a white neighborhood so that you can be financially viable. I said, brother, repent and believe the gospel. That's what I said to him. He went on to explain to me, that's not how ministry works. Ends of the earth, yeah, that's in the Bible, but what? Punching you in your face ain't in the Bible, but I can't do that. <laughs> so we need three things. I'm arguing if we're going to do this. We need gospel proclamation. We need gospel practice. And we need gospel peace, gospel proclamation. And we need those assisted with networks and seminaries, not we, but with the local church. We tried to start a seminary that's going to come alongside the local church. Why? Because when that gets convoluted, we need a partner, not a power broker to help come alongside the church. Seminaries can't be power brokers. Churches, seminaries don't plant churches. Churches plant churches. Seminary is simply Home Depot I where I get the sheetrock. You ain't in charge of my house. I'll buy you. <laughs> ain't no contractor moved in my house. He fixed it and left. I paid the mortgage. And so seminaries can't move in and tell you how you're going to decorate and paint. Seminaries come alongside the church. And so do networks. They don't form this goofy identity. That's not what it's designed for. It's formed to come alongside to create a house, a house of place, of peace and unity. That's how we're going to get through this proclamation so that we can declare it with clarity so that ends of the earth don't get lost in the monotony of denominationalism. Second, gospel practice. It, you will not get away with just telling me your confessional stuff about what you believe and you have no action. That means you're a reformed talker and not a reformed walker. You got to walk this thing out by faith. And that comes with punches, rejection, death, sickness, hurts, crimes, death, crazy. My house has been shot up. My life has been threatened. Guns have been pulled on my wife. And I did it with joy. 
That's what we do. Last thing, and then gospel peace. Gospel peace. We show up and we're the peacemakers, y'all. I don't care how crazy it gets. I don't care which race is cussing at this race. I don't care which party you proclaim. You don't show up to a, you don't show up loaded with the Holy Ghost, picking no sides. We stand on God's side. We're the peacemakers and we need the Bible. Don't you bring your swag and your political agenda to the family meeting. You bring Jesus to the table at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rose away. It was there by grace. I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. You bring your problem to the cross. We deal at the cross where we look at the death of a savior who was innocent and you look at the filth of a people who don't deserve grace. And then we look at each other and we realize we're a messed up family. But we got a word and a father who knows and dances over us with joy. Zephaniah says. So we're peacemakers, right? We don't take P's and Q's from what folks say. Imago Dei matters. Justice matters. But that can't be shaped by your agenda. It's got to be shaped by Jesus. When we mess around and get a Jesus-shaped peace, we just go ahead and let them fight. And I'm hoping they come finally ask us, what should we do? In Jacksonville, I'm asking them, I'm hoping they come to Bishop and say, Bishop, what should we do? And Bishop got a plan, and he says, well, I've been thinking about it. Um, Acts 1-8. I got a couple one another's, love one another. We got that. They come to Pastor Joby and say, what, Pastor Joby, what should we do? It's not working. Pastor Joby say, well, um, love one another like Christ loved the church. We got a simple plan. And then we show him what it looks like in the world. Why? Here I am. Send me. When we live out sentness in community, we give the devil a fit. It's time for us to be the monkey on his back. He been the monkey on our back long enough. I want to be the gorilla on his back. And he's giving you the ghost to do it. Don't be scared. I need aggression and intentionality. Let's get to the cracks and crevices. Let's show the world what it looks like to be a diverse family of people that don't get along naturally, but through the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, we work it out and demonstrate what heaven will look like. Fall for his glory. Father, thank you for your word. You alone are worthy. You alone are Savior. You alone are God. And God, we have no place to turn. God, give us fresh energy for this ends of the earth mission. God, it's, we, we can get so familiar and stuck at home. And God, we don't want to ignore home and neglect home. But God, give us a mission. I thank you for Church of 1122 that has a a gazillion missionaries all overseas as we prayed with each campus tonight and even campuses in other countries. God, you've done that. You've done that. As Pastor Joby always talks about, he he finally gets to work. His father knew he'd work at a Walmart. And working at that Walmart, he has sent and been a part of sending people around the world, people who would have never known you. You use this church to make sure that you are named and known throughout this world. God, Cause us not 
to sit back and get all we can and can all we get. But God, give us a fire burnt in our bones that fights for people that fight against God. Make God haters, God lovers, use us to proclaim the gospel. All for your glory, all for your name, all by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't like to say I told you so, but I told you. Um, Pastor, earlier, I, you were talking about helping sponsor some of the urban guys to come to school, and you know we had a little check prepared. I want you to just tear that one up. Um, our CFO's right here, so Paul, I usually like to talk to you about this stuff. How about we'll fulfill the commitment that that other pastor couldn't, and we'll do $20,000 a year for the next seven years. Okay? Because I, I love you, man. I love what God's doing in you and through you. I appreciate the friend and the, the mentor you've been to me and through me to this church, and I just I give God the glory for giving you the gift to communicate his word the way you do. Can we thank him one more time? Thank Pastor Bob Thank you. <clears throat> hmm. So Pastor Doug talked about that the, that the ghost of God that saved people at Pentecost lives in you. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is not a potion that you need to come and top off every week. That's not how he works. You don't need more of the Holy Spirit. He, you, you, you have. You are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. The question is, does he have all of you? Does he have all of you? And so we're going to respond. We're going to pray. We've got a lot to pray about. We're going to bring. You know, we don't, we don't even take up an offering. So if you want to bring to God your first and best as an act of worship right now, feel free. Do it through the app. And we're going to sing. And we're going to sing the song about making room. Because the Spirit is in here, but sometimes our own priorities try to squeeze them down into just one aspect of our life, which, which we love to lean in to when the Spirit comforts us. And we need to make room so that he will convict us, so that we say, here I am, send me. So, so sing this song, pray these prayers like the Spirit of God lives in you. Let's respond.
couldn't just uh, there's nothing nothing right now no pressure no time do you feel uh, the sense of conviction of the Holy Spirit in your heart in the room that we've created what is he asking you to do with what you have. What's he asking me to do? This is a bold statement, but um, maybe there's a It hit me when Pastor Joby just did what he just did and he winked at Paul, who I work with and love, that there's a spiritual bond that's broken when we free ourselves up from the pressures of this world, from the things that it deceives us into thinking that are important. And it creates a space for the movement of the Spirit of God. And it actually brings more joy than the thing that you thought that you thought was going to give you the joy that had you bound up in deception in the first place. This happens to me all the time. Happens to me all the time. So I would just ask you here tonight, what's competing for the affection of your heart over the mission of God? What is competing for the throne of your heart that you've given? And would you hear out of the kindness of the heart of God an invitation to love him more? To love him more than those things. Maybe we could just take a second and be quiet and listen and respond.
than anything this world can offer. Give me the grace to see through the mirage, the illusions of this world. Be still, my soul, and bow before the throne. And hear the voice that's calling me your own. Be still, my soul, and bow before the throne. And hear the voice that's calling me your own. Would you invite the Spirit of the Lord, sir? Be still, my soul, and bow before the throne. And hear the voice that's calling me on. Be still, my soul, and bow before the throne. And hear the voice that's calling me. Hear the voice. Be still. still my soul and bow before the throne and hear the voice that's calling me your own be still my soul and bow before the throne and hear the voice that's calling me to go Amen, church. <clears throat> I love that song. Michael wrote it. I love it. I'm into it. I like when we sing it. it makes you feel all good about Jesus. Doesn't it, you? Pete, you lift your hands. I want to love you. Okay. 
And then Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. He does not say, if you keep my commands, I will love you, because he's already demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. He, he's already proved that. It's one thing to sing a song, as we should. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my command. And his command is the commission that we would go and that we, his church, would take the gospel to the cracks and the crevices. That means in your, in your neighborhoods and in your schools and, and at work and to the very ends of the earth. And so if that's you, I need you to text, send me to 441122. And then watch your church family begin to come alongside with you, with other partners and next networks like Acts 29, of which we are part of, and like Grimke Seminary, which we are partnering with, and let us walk with you what it looks like for you to be obedient to do what Jesus has commanded you to do. Church of 1122, I love you. Thank you for leaning in like you've been leaning in. And you do not want to miss tomorrow night. Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin, who's right here on the front row, he is going to be here, and he is bringing some of his worship team with us, okay? And, and, and a great way to get ready for tomorrow night is everybody should eat lunch tomorrow at the Soul Food Bistro, which Potter's House owns in a couple spots around the city. They've been named the number one soul food restaurant in the country, amen? Praise God. So maybe you can start getting ready by that way. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know what I'm talking about. So church, don't be in a hurry to get out of here and get to the next thing, okay? If through our dear brother, Pastor Doug Logan, can we thank him one more time? <clears throat> if God through him spoke a word to you, would you please love Jesus by being obedient to what he has commanded you? You can find somebody with a, with a scent shirt on. You can text, send me to 441122. Just do what it is that the Spirit of God has told you to do. I love you like crazy. I will see you tomorrow night right here at 622. Be free. Can you believe we're already three nights into Saturated? Night three is in the books, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Wanted to remind you of a couple different things. The first thing is to download our app. If you download the 1122 app, you're gonna have everything you need to experience Saturated well online. Also, if you're feeling called to vocational ministry, church planting, short-term missions, or long-term missions, we want you to text us. Text send me to 441122. Again, that's send me to 441122. Too, and we're going to follow up with you so in that way you can live sin. Tomorrow night is going to be awesome. We're going to be hearing from Bishop Vaughn McGoughlin, and it's going to be a powerful night. So get ready for night four of Saturated coming at you tomorrow.